Everybody's got one, whether they know it or not. It haunts your mind like a little gremlin, urging you to do it over and over again, even if it never amounts to anything. I'm talking about a passion project, and mine has just resurfaced again. So let's talk about passion projects on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love. And today, yeah, we're talking about passion projects. These could be anything, but mine is one very particular thing that just won't leave me alone. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on really does help out a lot. Tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance that we get to talk to one another. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. Thank you so very much to everybody who's already done that. So let's get into it, okay? So passion projects are a problem, <laughs> at least for me. So what do I mean by a passion project? I mean something that you are re just irrationally obsessed with doing. This could really be anything. I know some people that it's having the perfect kitchen. For others, it's having the perfect bathroom, the perfect shade of red in their living room that goes with everything. For some people, it's writing the great American novel. For others, it's a painting that just doesn't want to be painted, a car that just never quite gets fixed all the way. Everyone has something. Even if we don't admit it to ourselves, it's just something that we just can't let go of. That afghan that I know I'm never going to finish knitting, but oh, one day I will. I want to try. I'm going to get there. As soon as I let myself actually get my knitting, knitting needles out and work on it like I want to. But now for me, my passion project is a character. Twelve years. For twelve years she's lived in the back of my head. For twelve years I've thought about her and the elements of her life. I know what she looks like, how she moves, what she does, what she thinks about. And for 12 years, I've tried to write a story about her. That's not even talk about novels or novellas or anything. For 12 years, I've tried to write stories about her. And every time, for one reason or another, the story always falls apart. Either the plot gets to a point where it just doesn't make sense anymore, or I just can't find the right way for the story to develop or grow, or it just... For one reason or another, over the last 12 years, I've not been able to write about her. And it's very upsetting. Because she won't go away. At times, she haunts my dreams. And she always wants to come out. So on Friday, 
I really wanted to be writing on something. I didn't really have a work in progress. I mean, I'm kind of sort of working on Glorify My Name, but it's not really ready to be written yet. I knew that, but I wanted to write something. So I took a little break and just kind of challenged myself. I challenged the muse. I did that thing that we crazy authors do every now and then where we just kind of shout out to the universe. I'm here. If I don't get anything done, it's not my fault. I'm at least going to try. And I sat down and it started. And of course, her name was the first word that I typed down. And I realized what was happening again. Yet again, I was going to go charging out after that questing beast. I was going to go out looking to tell her story yet again. Hopefully this time to actually get her. To capture it. To write it down. If you don't know what the questing beast is, then you have never read The Life of King Arthur by Sir Thomas Mallory. You may have seen it actually titled Le Mort d'Arthur, which is confusing because he wrote it in English while he was in jail in <laughs> during the War of the Roses. So why it's titled in French has always been a problem for me. But if you've never read this, you may not be aware of the Questing Beast. The Questing Beast was a creature that would show up in the forest around Camelot periodically, and the knights would go out to hunt it. And the problem with the Questing Beast is once you started to hunt it, you would never see it again. Oh, you would see signs. You would see its footsteps. You would find its footprints. You would find markers that it had passed through, sometimes just shortly before you arrived. You were just on its tail. If you tried just a little bit harder, you would surely find it. And many a night went out in search of the questing beast, and none of them returned victorious. Yeah, that's what this story is for me. It's not my white whale. And I think that's where people get confused about these things. Ahab's white whale and Moby Dick was an obsession that led to his own self-destruction. He was so obsessed with finding and hunting down Moby Dick that he couldn't see anything else and it ended with his own destruction. That's not what I'm talking about here. That's not where I'm coming from. No. For me, most of my passion projects throughout my life have been a version of the questing beast. A strange, mercurial creature that I can both describe and know that I'm not adequately describing it. That I can point out, but know that it's not exactly the thing that I'm pointing to. It's a strange Nereus beast with protean powers to shift from one form to another so that you can never quite hold it down. That for me is the great questing beast that I have sought so many times throughout the years. Now I wonder how many of you can think of that thing. For some people it's as simple as money or fame or glory. 
But for others, you can think of that one specific item. That one thing that you've always said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to finish that. And that is your questing beast. That is the passion project that strikes back again and again and again. And even when you think you've gotten it out of your system, oh, there it is. Back again to lure you into that dark forest and give you those tantalizing sights, sounds, smells. It's close. It's ever so close. If only I hunker down and move quietly, I'll be able to approach its den, and then I will have it. It will be mine. All the work and all the effort and all the toil will be worth it. Because finally, I will be able to rise up and say, look, here it is. After all these years of labor, I have captured the questing beast. And maybe this is the time when that happens. You never know. That's the problem with the questing beast. You never know if you're actually hunting it or just an elusive prey. Something that is hard to catch but can be caught for those who are lucky. Maybe you're not hunting the questing beast, but a unicorn, rare and precious, who only comes out for the virtuous, only comes out at the right times, is swift as lightning and as silent as the wind. Hard to capture, hard to put your hands on, but with enough effort, surely you can bring it back, but not if you're only after its horn. For the horn is too precious to fall into the hands of any mortal. And that's where we have to be careful. That's where we have to watch ourselves with our obsession over the projects that we pick. Because if we're not, we will turn the unicorn into the questing beast. Because it will look into our hearts and see our impure motives. That we don't simply want to finish the task. We don't want to serve whatever arcane wishes it has in being seen, being caught, being brought into the world. Sometimes, and these are the most interesting ones, it's like the leopard deep down inside us that beats with the same beat of our heart. That we, like Dionysus, must ride into the world fully formed and hold on for dear life and make sure that we are not devoured by it. So how do we deal with a passion project? What do we do? Well... There are those that will tell you that the wise and proper thing to do is to set a goal, to set a time limit, to control the urge to go after such a creature, for that novel may never be written, that painting may never be finished, that car may never be fixed, your kitchen is never going to be perfect. Why are you even trying, my dear child? I'm not one of those people. See, I have a simple rule in life that as long as I'm not hurting others or myself, then 
maybe it's not a bad idea to go after the project. Maybe it's not an I a bad idea to pursue the idea and see where it goes. Where does it end? What's on the other side of that rainbow? And while we may never ever find it, don't you know, the fun is always in the quest, the journey, the path. I may never write the story, I may never finish it. She may be a character that I take with me to the grave, never having fully explored her tale or even shared it with another living soul. But I've enjoyed every attempt. I've enjoyed the artwork that I've made over the years and the failed attempts and the failed stories and the failed outlines. I've enjoyed each and every one and every one has taught me something either about myself, or about my art, or about the work that I actually want to be doing. So, they're not really failures. They're only failures in so much as I have failed to finish writing this particular book, this particular story. But in other ways, they've served greater functions in my life. The more I work on her tale, the more I learn about writing and storytelling and the elements that I want to see in a story. I've learned about the tropes that I admire and want to play with and see what marvelous things I can do with them, and the ones that really bother me because they pop up in her story from time to time. And I don't really want the story to go there. That's really what this is. She is an exercise in refining my understanding of genre and story itself. So whether or not I ever tell her story, whether or not it's ever shared out there for a broader world to know and possibly fall in love with themselves. Each and every time I take a crack at it, I learn more about myself, my art, and the work that I do. It informs every project that follows and everything else that I do. And that, I think, is the true secret of a passion project. You may never finish rebuilding that old car out in the garage that you thought would just be a summer lark. But the more you work on it, the more you find to do, the more you want to do in restoring it back to its former glory. And in so doing, you learn about yourself and the things that you love and the things that you want to bring into this world. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing bad about that. There's nothing harmful in that. As we learn, as we grow, as we develop, we hone the work that we do. We hone who we are as individuals and as people. In fact, you can learn a lot about yourself by the passion projects that you find yourself tied to. If you're restoring something, Maybe it's because you feel that you've lost something, or that culture or society has lost something. And in learning what you think is lost, you can find it and regain it, or realize that it wasn't really lost. It just changed. Like a caterpillar to a butterfly, it morphed into something new and you just didn't recognize it anymore. Maybe you're trying to recapture something. Something that is lost and that will never come back. There are many times that I've gone out to visit the place where I grew up. 
and I wished the smell of honeysuckle that I remembered would be on the wind. And while many times I've smelled the honeysuckle there, it never quite smells as rich and sweet as I remember. But then again, I am no longer a child. I'm no longer playing in the fort that my father, that my father built for me. I'm no longer running around wild with my dogs into the great unknown where everything is an adventure. I'm an adult now. I have things to worry about. I have things that bother me that I care about. There's so much going on in my life and in the lives of those that I care about. I have concerns that weigh on me that I could never have imagined when I was a small child. And so no, the honeysuckle doesn't smell as rich or as sweet. But that's not a fault of the honeysuckle, that's a fault in me. Because I've forgotten how to play like I once did. To just be one with the world and one with nature like I was. Maybe that's what you're trying to learn in your passion project. And if you don't think that you have one, first of all, don't feel strange. Well, of course, you should always feel strange. If you're not, then you're just conforming, and what's the fun in that? I've never had fun conforming to anybody's ideas of who or what I should be. And I hope that you've experienced the same throughout your own life. But maybe, just maybe, you don't recognize it as a passion project. In some ways, simply writing is mine, and that's something that I get to do every day. I get to share my work with a world that sometimes likes it and sometimes doesn't, and most of the time just ignores me and pretends that I'm not even here. Podcasting is a passion project for me. I love talking. I love sharing these stories with you. And there are some that listen, and there are some that comment, and there are some that talk to me about it. And then there's the vast swath of humanity that doesn't even know that this podcast exists. I can be upset by that if I want to. I can do things and spend money and try to raise my profile as an influencer. Because, as you know, that's a wonderful thing for us to be spending our time on. But why? I love what I have. I love what I've got. I can talk to you in my silly voices. And some of you like it. And that's good enough for me. Because the goal of doing this is not to be famous, it's not to be rich. And that's something you have to be very careful about when you deem something a passion project. If the goal is fame or glory or money, wealth, the elusive and terrible success. Uh, that is a questing beast. Because what is fame? How much fame makes you famous? If you can walk into an institution, like a convention, once a year, and most of the people know your name, people that you don't see for an entire year are ecstatic that you are there, and they're bringing people to meet you, does that make you famous? Maybe you're convention famous. Maybe you're that specific convention famous. Is that enough? Do you want more? What about those who are internet famous? What about those who are television famous or movie famous? When is it enough? When is it too much? 
See, these are the questing beasts that distract us from the work that we should be doing. A passion project should be done out of passion. It should be something that you love. Something that is almost defining of who you are. Don't get distracted by this idea that you have to be this or that. That you have to measure up to somebody else's idea of success. Follow your heart, follow your dreams, follow your bliss. There your life is. That doesn't mean that you stop doing everything else that you have to do for work and money and all the other things that capitalism demands of us. But as long as we keep our dreams alive, as long as we keep those passions in our hearts, what a great life we will have. I hope you enjoyed this show. If you did and you haven't already, please take a moment to like this episode. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, you know the rest. If you've got a dollar you can pass my way, down in the show notes you'll find a link to both my Patreon and the Community Support tab. The difference between the two is the people on Patreon occasionally get stuff. If you don't have any money right now, or you just don't feel like giving, that's fine. But if you know somebody that you think might enjoy this podcast, do share it with them. That helps out a lot, too. I want to thank everybody who does listen. I want to thank everybody who is here. You mean the world to me. Especially on my low days, you always find a way to cheer me up. Thank you so much. I can never repay you for all the goodness and kindness that you've brought into my life. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, you can either use the voice message system, which you'll find a link to in the show notes, or you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I'm CE Dorset on both, and I am seriously trying to figure out how to use Instagram, but I'm 42 years old. I'm a writer. I live in the rusty buckle of the Bible Belt. There's not a lot for me to take pictures of, especially since I don't like doing selfies. Tried that. It doesn't really make me happy. But I'm working on it. You can find links to everything that I do over at ProjectShadow.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, don't forget to have the fun. Bye.